Hey everybody, it's Richie, and before we start this episode of our program, coming to you on a Friday, we want to tell you about DraftKings and the DraftKings app. Download it right now. When you sign up, you got to use the promo code THPN. We've been telling you about this all year long, and you got to sign up now to get ready for the beginning of sports betting being legalized, of daily fantasy being legalized here in the state of Arizona coming up in September, just in time for football season. But right now, you can sign up for free with DraftKings, use that promo code THPN, and you can still enter a bunch of free contests, and it's a lot of fun, and it's exciting, and it will get you ready just in time for a brand new football season with sports betting being legal. So, right now, promo code THPN, download the app, DraftKings.com, do it. Get ready for the beginning of the football season. Ooh, what a read. I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. In a world where social media is king and everyone is an expert in everything, get the facts from your insiders here on Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. Here are your hosts, Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. Clearly, uh, Richie and I are already off our rocker. It's, it's been like, what what a week is all I'm going to say. What a time for me to decide to go on vacation with all this. You know, it's just, it's just been nuts. And uh, to get into it, all, I mean, not all of it, but most of it, um, with, you know, our normal debauchery. With me, as always, my wonderful and amazing co-host, Richie Suave Flores. How you doing? Hello, Corey. You know, it's a busy, busy, busy time here in the Sporty Nation. A lot of shit going down. We're coming to you on a Friday this week because Corey just got back from her vacation. Um, now, Corey always takes the vacation at the same time every year, Okay. And it just so happens that this year it fell right in the middle where everything is fucking happening in the NHL. But we're still bringing, yeah, we're still bringing you episodes galore though. So I'm just happy that we're back. We have another show for you that you're back, and we have everything to talk about this week. So much news, and it's going to be tough to jam pack it into one episode. Oh, it's going to be insane. And that's the thing is, it's been. If you want to know kind of a, a small summary of the epitome of me dealing with all of this, um, normally I camp out in the middle of nowhere. I get no cell service, nothing. They put up a cell tower and um, I can now get cell service out there. However, a giant storm rolled in exactly at the time that they were going to announce um, who the Kraken were taking from the Arizona Coyotes. Um, in the expansion draft show, we already knew it. It was already ruined that morning. Um, I woke up that morning and, and knew exactly what was going on. So it's not like I didn't know what was going to happen, but I still wanted to hear like, you know, who was picked and went on. And I still wanted like to, we were, THPN was doing a live stream and all this stuff. So I'm sitting there watching kind of sporadically up until that point, literally all I get to hear, and you got to understand, uh, I'm, I'm drinking a White Claw 
just waiting for this to come so I can then just eat some food. So I'm like empty stomach, drinking White Claw. All I hear is we are now moving on to the Central Division because, you know, the Arizona Coyotes will be in the Central Division next year. And then my, no joke, my signal just cut right off. I said, no signal. That was it. So all I got to hear was them roasting us for being moved to the Central Division because yet another expansion team is taking our spot in the Pacific Division. So uh, I was quite feisty. And I and even with like some alcohol on an empty stomach, I was uh, I was like, you've got to be kidding me and just left it. Didn't care after that. Gave up. Was absolutely just done. <laughs> That's a one way ticket to make sure Corey is triggered by reminding her that the Coyotes are no longer in the Pacific Division. <laughs> Oh yeah, I was like, I was full blown, and I this like we do one, one trip with my family, and then one trip with my fiance's family. This was the one with my fiance's family, and I literally walked out there, and I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" The one thing I got to watch was them roasting us about being moved to the Central Division again, and then I was just like, "Even though they're taking our spot in the in the Pacific Division," and my fiance looked at me and was just like, "We know." <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah that was what i got to experience of the expansion draft since i was uh away and had spotty service and all around but it it has been such a busy week that um i usually try and and remove myself from society at least a little bit while I'm there and it did not happen whatsoever because there was just so much shit going on. And even all the way to the point of today, like when we went driving back down, I was looking up information. Richie's sending me articles as the amazing co-host he is. It has been insane. And I wish they would have done some stuff, you know, a couple weeks ago when I was nice and free and uh was trying to find out what to talk about on this podcast and we ended up talking about um sex life the the show by the way not our sex lives but the show because we had literally nothing else to talk about so <laughs> yeah we've come a long way and, and speaking of the expansion draft I, I was able to watch a little bit of it and uh, my favorite part being when macklemore showed up and I sent you a picture of him, and you had no idea who he was because you no, didn't recognize him. And I love Macklemore. Like, I love Macklemore, and I we went to his concert. It's actually my pinned tweet on my Twitter about when he threw a hot dog into the stands in the middle of his concert because I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And I had no idea who the fuck it was. I was asking you, I was like, what is that? Because that... Okay, first of all, I like I said, I, I go on two different vacations. First one was San Diego. They were selling a bunch of bucket hats, and I had said, I really wish one thing would have stayed in the 90s, and it was bucket hats. And that, what, what was it? Was it Gucci? 
who who was it? I don't even remember who it was now. Oh, I'm dropping my phone in the process. You guys, I'm a mess. I'm so yes, sorry. Yes, Gucci. It was Gucci. Yes. Yes, was wearing a Gucci bucket hat. Not only was it a bucket hat, it was a designer bucket hat. So he paid good money <laughs> for that bucket hat he was wearing, and I don't know why. To show up at the expansion draft because he is one of the several Seattle celebrities, I guess. Which makes sense. He's he's actually, you know, um, he, he's at, brought like a large notability, I guess you could say, to Seattle and the fact that, you know, it's the same thing like Drake with Toronto and stuff like that. It, and it really drew people's attention to the city because of him but like i get it but why the bucket hat <laughs> yeah something i don't uh, i don't foresee trying to pull off anytime soon so yes we had the expansion draft we had macklemore gary payton showed up sonic's legend showed up sean kemp um i also saw that marshall lynch showed up now Corey, i don't know if you saw the video on marshall lynch selecting the player but it was it was glorious no i did not see that it was amazing let me see if i can pull it up and i can like play you the audio for my phone here so the audio might be kind of crap here the seattle kraken select from the Nashville predators marshawn take it away let's see so uh with the this the first pick right mm -hmm. yeah with the first pick we're going with the boy boy cali though you know what i'm talking about <laughs> Yep, Cali. Isn't that amazing? Uh, I, I feel like that was the smoothest delivery. And he even had to ask, uh, this is the first one, right? <laughs> like, it was it was pretty, like, and it was oddly probably the most smoothest delivery out of all of the people who announced. Well, at least the ones that I saw. And the best part is he was smart enough to not try and pronounce the last name. Because he, he, know, he knew he didn't know it. And so he let Kevin Weeks pronounce his last name. Well, it, but that's what it, that's what made it so smooth is the fact that he was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And I know the way that I'm going to say this, people are going to just like accept it as, you know, uh, just something that I would do. And then I don't have to say his name and I can completely just get out of this. It was brilliant. And I, I wish I had the capability to do so because there's plenty of opportunities where I would have liked to have just said that, um, especially when I was having to do um, broadcasting in college. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we had an instance of that on our last show where we were trying to talk about Yosef Kornosh and I couldn't pronounce his last name and Kat had to help us out. Yeah, she's our, our local pronouncer like we can't pronounce shit i am i don't know why i need i need someone to like write it out for me phonetically and then i'm just like oh okay that makes sense but until then i'm not gonna get it so so yeah that was the highlight of the expansion draft there on espn um again the coyotes lost tyler pitlick to seattle he was then traded to calgary so he never gets to play for seattle um, Which was totally expected the entire time. Everyone was expecting that he was going to get traded. He, it's not even that big of a deal. 
I mean, he's very easily replaceable. So. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm glad he was the pick from Seattle and not Christian Fisher because I would have been really bummed if Christian Fisher was the pick. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like Tyler Pitlick was there, you know, in 38 games. He had six goals, five assists. He just, I don't know, he's on a two-year, $3.5 million contract. It just, everything was just, it's, he's bottom six scoring. You know, it just, the entire thing is just, uh, I don't know, with the very long list of drafting they're trying to to create, now they're trying to scout this very large list, they should be able to find someone that's a Tyler Pitlick in there. I don't think that is going to be hard for them to find at all. It was funny, I was reading some articles that were saying like, oh, well, you know, this is just another spot that Armstrong will have to find and fill. And I'm like, are you kidding me? He's going to blow up the entire fucking team. He's got to fill an entire team full of fucking spots. Are you kidding me? Like, this is just going to be one of the many. So um, I'm not too worried. Yeah, neither am I. I am not worried about it pretty much at all. He'll be able to fill up the roster. And he's going to do it with a lot of new players because – We've gotten some new players over the last few days to the Coyotes, including on Thursday, as soon as the trade moratorium was lifted, got a bit of a surprise from the Coyotes on multiple levels, which is that they had acquired from the Philadelphia Flyers, Shane Gostishbear, also known as Ghostbear, um, from the Philadelphia Flyers. Now, the best part about this trade is when it was first announced there was some confusion as to where the draft picks were going. And originally we thought that the Coyotes were sending draft picks to Philadelphia to get Shane Gosh's bear. However, Bill Armstrong being Bill Armstrong pulled a John Chica 2.0 again and was able to coax the Flyers into basically doing them a favor and getting rid of the Gosh's bear contract which is, if I'm not mistaken, um, a little over $4 million for the next two seasons. Um, So uh, they desperately wanted some of that cap space, and so the Coyotes gave it to them. And in order for them to do that type of favor, the Coyotes also managed to acquire uh, a couple draft picks. So they acquired a 2022 second round draft pick, and also a 2022 seventh round draft pick to take on that money, that $4.5 million salary for the next two years. And again, this is one of those trades that Spell Armstrong, being the genius he is, is just stocking up draft picks. So, Corey, get this. In the second round over the next two years, the Coyotes this year and next year will have seven Second-round draft picks total. And my favorite part of this is that 2022 is expected to be a much deeper and much better draft than 2021. So think of all the possibilities Bill Armstrong is going to have with those four second-round picks. He can use it to go and acquire a player. He can use it to package and maybe acquire another first-round pick next year, right? Like, he's got so many options. Oh, and you get a guy in Shane Gosh's bear 
who has, you know, had some injury issues over the last couple of years, but was a really good player for several years with the Philadelphia Flyers, right? He had, you know, uh, 46 points in 64 games when during his rookie season, right? And he had 65 points in 78 games in 2017-2018. And then, unfortunately, he's been hurt. But he's still a nice addition to the power play. A change of scenery, I think, will do him good. And I'm a big fan of what Bill Armstrong's offseason has looked like so far. Yeah, I mean, he was he was once a, a top defenseman, and he's been on a consistent decline. Um, but like as we've seen with OEL, there is a a problem sometimes there with with certain scenery and certain situations. You know, you never know if a change of scenery might help someone. Um, it's definitely insane to me that uh, the Coyotes have been able to pull this off twice it's funny because everyone was like baffled by it the first time with the islanders and now they're just like oh yeah you know this is this is kind of what armstrong does now it's kind of just very obvious what he's doing and i mean there's two things out of this one the fact that um this team is going to be trash they are planning on this team next year being absolute trash but they are filling up that pipe very quickly and they are really putting this team in a much better place draft pick wise because of the fact that there were so many that were taken or traded away um i i almost didn't even understand the burn in the uh um blackhawks tweet today i we got tagged in one today and i was just like they're they're talking about forfeited picks i mean they shouldn't really be talking personally um but uh i thought it was just kind of funny because like armstrong's doing a very decent job in rounding all of these draft picks back up and this is this means a good future for this team is it going to be rough until that future builds itself? Yes. But it is predicting at least a strong future in the fact that they are building quite a good amount of second round picks, as you said. And the Coyotes have benefited off of second round, third round players before. So um, this could be really great things, especially with how well Armstrong does with scouting and being able to find those players that are decent players in those rounds. Yeah. This is how you perform a rebuild. In my opinion, is you stockpile picks like this? Cause that's how you build a roster. Okay. I mean, we all know that like you go and look at all these teams that have been really successful and that's how they've done it. They've done it through the draft, right? How did Colorado build up so quickly? They did it through the draft, right? They drafted Landis right? They drafted McKinnon. They drafted Kale McCarr. And they were able to build into a successful Stanley Cup continuing team. Go and look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, the back-to-back champions. Most of that team, if I'm not mistaken, was drafted, right? Steven Stamkos, a number one overall pick, stayed in Tampa, could have gone elsewhere, stayed there, won back-to-back Stanley Cups. And we know the Coyotes' draft history has not been great, okay? That's not a shocker. 
right? They've had some wins in in, in there once in a while, but for the most part, they haven't been great. And there was a an athletic article that deep dived this a month or two ago, and they listed the Coyotes at being one of the bottom in the league. I believe bottom ten in the league in terms of their how good they've been in drafting over the last several years. And so the fact that they now have all these extra picks is huge because what does that do? Well, it increases the chances that you're going to hit and at least a couple of those players. Because think about it this way. If you only have four picks, the chances of one of those players hitting isn't as much as when you have those t- uh, 10 picks, right? And so that's what I, I like about this is you're just acquiring more chances for this team to get better quicker. And, again, what I'm seeing from Bill Armstrong is what I saw with Colorado where they were able to turn the team around so quickly because they hit on all these draft picks, all these high draft picks. And so I'm hoping personally that – and it's going to suck, fans. This is something you've talked about, Corey, where the team can't afford to be bad anymore. But the reality of the situation is that they are going to have to be bad and they're going to have to be really bad because I'm sorry, but picking 10th, picking 7th like they have in the past doesn't do you any good. They need a top three pick, in my opinion, especially in these 2022 and 2023 drafts that are expected to be really good. You got to be in that, you got to draft an elite player to this franchise eventually because they've needed it for so long. And, you know, we think that Jacob Chickering can be that now, but there's still a long way to go with him. But, yeah, this is so far we're looking at uh, at, a, at good news as far as the county's offseason is concerned. Yeah, and that's what I, I agree with you on a lot of that. And, and, yeah, and I've said before that, like, this team can't afford to be shitty, but they're going to be. It's, it's going to have to happen. That's the way a rebuild is. It's just not going to be good. And the fact that, as I've said, between money and fandom and all of that, it just – the having some shitty years never help anyone. Um, if you know, watching the Suns make the run like they did shows you anything, it shows that being winning and having a team that's fun to watch really brings in the ticket sales, and they're going to have issues with it because these will not be the next couple seasons will not be fun ones for Coyotes fans. I can tell you that much, but I think too. Uh, an, an interesting takeaway from all of this um, and what you were talking about in the history of the fact of how the, the Coyotes have drafted it, the difference between this season, the, the next couple seasons and the, the last couple previous is the fact that it's going to be a different dynamic. And the fact that you have gone from Maloney, who was very old school and everything he did, he was a, uh, he was an old boys club, old way of hockey, of looking at everything. And and that was the way he, he worked everything. And Chaika was solely off of stats. There's many times Richie and I have literally looked at each other after Chaika pick and gone, what the fuck is he talking about? And it was because it fit his stats. And a lot of those didn't pan out, at least didn't pan out here in Arizona. And so what you're going to have here is a little bit more dynamic in the fact that the way that the the way that it's going to be done now is going to be so much more in a way of of structured real development and being able to have scouts that know 
the whole bit of the player as opposed to um, just the kind of the boys club, which was knowing what was on the ice and what you heard from other teams. And, you know, it was very much of a, of, of a networking type of way of, of looking at players or the new age quote unquote that Chaika was, this is going to be kind of a mix of the two and it's going to be nice to be able to see what he's going to come up with because of the fact that he looks him and his team look so developmentally into players into what they can be instead of um, just taking their, someone's word for it or taking stats for it. Yep. And that's something that I remember asking Bill Armstrong about that when he was hired and how he would use analytics. And he, and he kind of basically said what you were saying there, which is um, it's a mixture of both. Right. And I, I think you're right in that Bill Armstrong is more of the true scouting type of, general manager but I think he's you know he knows he needs to hire people who can do both of those things I feel like he's accomplished that you know uh, to a certain degree I guess and um because last year he didn't get the draft a whole heck of a lot right and he right um we don't need to get into it again but the the Mitchell Miller and blah 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 blah, whatever that's in the past not here to talk about now but um but yeah I think that's something that I think is interesting to keep an eye on as far as because the draft is starting today. If you're listening to us on a Friday, the draft is happening. Maybe even as you're listening to us. That would be cool as a second screen experience. Um, one last thing on the uh, offseason and trades before we get into the other big news that dropped on Wednesday. Which is, Craig Morgan tweeted this out. And he said, Kyrie's GM Bill Armstrong on a Zoom call. There are still some trades to complete ahead of the NHL draft before the team's free agency needs can be addressed. So there's more moves coming. And probably as you're hearing this, those trades will have happened. We can't record enough to keep up with this. Like, I know. It is going so fast that there's there's not enough hours in the day for us to get all of it in because of the fact that we knew it was going to be complete chaos. And that, and I still feel like, as my 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 tweet I'd started at, at the beginning of uh, this week had said was like I was hoping that we would be in that bar that was blowing up the guy sitting there drinking, uh, drinking the drink at the bar. I still think we are, um, but it's gonna be I. I don't want to say this because it's already starting to hurt me. I feel like it's going to be a very painful uh, 24 hours because of the fact that there might be some really emotional losses that we'll be suffering soon because of the fact that some things are going to just have to give. And the way that this organization as a whole has been when it comes to um, players, employees, anything they are taking um emotion out of it it has been ran strictly business you know like everything that they've done you've you've seen an overhaul of everything within this uh organization and i don't think that the the team the on the ice the actual players themselves are going to be exempt from it and it it's going to be hard for all of us to watch it i feel like 
Yeah, and uh, I feel like the rumor mill is heating up because you know, Craig, in one of his recent articles, looks at a bunch of teams that have been connected to showing interest in some of the players. And OEL, Connor Garland, Phil Kessel, Darcy Kemper, Christian Dvorak are all, are all on that list. And uh, Let's all remember, though, that with OEL, they have to present it to him and he has to approve it. Just yes, but there's no move clause. And Phil Kessel, too. Phil Kessel also has a no move clause. So he gets to choose where he wants to go to. Yes. But yeah, so, uh, and like you go look at the Connor Garland names here, and it's Vegas, Boston, Toronto, New York Islanders, Florida, Edmonton, New Jersey, Vancouver. <laughs> Half the freaking league, pretty much. Oh my gosh, if he goes to Vegas, I'm going to laugh my ass off after they were so pissed, remember, in that game, and they called him dirty and all yes, sorts yeah. of other shit. I'm going to laugh yeah. so fucking hard if they if he ends up going to Vegas. Yeah, he's one of those players that like they all, everybody hates because they think he's dirty. But once he plays for your team, you're like, I love this guy. But hopefully he doesn't get traded because I think Corey and I both would be sad to see him go. And we put out I put out a poll um, last week asking which player would you be m- most sad about losing, and Connor Garland won that poll going away. Um, I'm going to look it up here in a minute, but, and I'm not surprised by that because he is truly like a fan favorite of, of this fan base. And um, yeah, which Yotes player rumored to be traded would you miss the most? And Connor Garland won the poll with 53% of the vote. Darcy Kemper, 19%. OEL, 13%. Dvorak at 15%. And listen to that. OEL at 13%. That's how much he has dropped in favor in with Coyotes fans because he used to be so much more um used to have so much more uh fan support behind him but it mm-hmm. just shows how disconnected that they've gotten with him I feel like you know when he got the captaincy so many people were like excited and were behind it and really thought he deserved that I really think now at this point, Coyotes fans have really kind of gotten behind the fact that it's it's time for him to go. And I, I think that's a big mood shift amongst everyone. And uh, if you want to know who I voted for, I voted for Connor Garland. Yeah, I did too. So I'm glad we agree on that. And um, I put out some tweets to some Vegas fans to Minnesota about um, some of the players interested on there. So you can go read those. And there are replies at Corey Ritchie show because um, um, those are the teams that were kind of linked to Christian Dvorak and Connor Garland. So um, maybe we'll find out more here as we approach the draft. But um, one last bit of news we want to get to here before we go. And then may- and we'll wrap it up with some very controversial opinions. Um, it was announced on Thursday in a- an article from the Arizona Republic that the Coyotes are in talks with Tempe to relocate the hockey franchise from Glendale to the East Valley, according to sources close to the city. Tempe issued a request for proposal Thursday to attract professional sports franchise and a developer that will build an arena and entertainment center on our narrow strip of city-owned land near Priest Drive in Rio Salado. Um, the Coyotes sent a statement that the team is highly interested in the opportunity because of the site's location. Quote, given our determination to remain in the Valley for many years to come, we are actively working to identify the best long-term home for the Coyotes and our devoted fans and this great community. Um, 
It was also mentioned in this particular article that private investors would fund the arena and commercial spaces, source said, which to my opinion is, is a massive, massive deal and a big step forward because we know that public money is just not going to happen when it comes to um, financing an arena anymore. Um, and then on top of this, because th this particular site is essentially in a landfill right now, the city would have to basically remediate the land and add some infrastructure and that cost would be at about $70 million. Um, the city would have to cover those costs by creating a special taxing district collect to collect sales taxes on purchases within the sports and entertainment development. And uh, Craig Morgan tweeted out earlier today a couple things about this. Um, he said that he had heard originally that the as of maybe less a month ago or so that the, the talks had fallen through. Um, and he said that maybe those have been revived. I think the Coyotes issuing a statement on this, though, is a big indicator that there's smoke and fire here. But I think you and I both agree, and we both talked about this today in our text, which is we can't get too excited yet because we've been burnt by excitement about this before multiple times. And so I think both of us are like, okay, we'll believe it when we get ground broken on a new arena. Exactly. Call me when they break ground. That's my whole thing is, and it's funny because you had tweeted it out and said like, you know, uh, how optimistic is everyone about this? And everyone has gotten so tired about it at this point in the fact that we've, we've gone through so many things. We've gone through uh, all of the different places it was going to be moved to, including Tempe at one point, whether it was ASU and uh, the the Yotes um, having their like a combined area, or you know, then we went through the whole thing with with whether they can move in with the Suns, and Suns owner said no, and we've gone through so many different uh, iterations of this. I mean, like I, it's funny because I my mind goes all the way back to when um, everyone was going to the Glendale town meetings and trying to like, um, you know, save the coyotes and allow them to be there and all of that stuff. And it's funny because it feels like I could be a grandma at this point because that feels so long ago because we've gone through so much shit in between. And it's exhausting like you can't put any like emotional energy into any of this anymore because of the fact that you don't know if it's going to happen or not I mean shit they even had someone who was hired to find a space for the arena to be built and nothing ever came of that like imagine getting paid for something that you brought zero results for so it's there's been so much that has gone on with it and in the end um, it's hard to get hyped about something. It's nice to see that there are some talks going on, that they are making, um, you know, headway in it in some way, shape, or form, considering the fact that they are on a year-to-year -year contract with Glendale. And no one has, for years, I can tell you, people in that arena have not been thinking that they would be staying in that arena. There's things that wouldn't get fixed. There's things that... Um, people just gave up on because they were thinking they were getting out of that arena and it never ended up happening. So 
in the end, I really do feel like um, there will be um, a, mo a move at some point. Whether this is going to be it or not, I don't know. It's very nicely located. It's closer to the East Valley. It's right off the freeway. Um, it's um, right next to where everything in ASU is. It's like I was telling Richie, it's like just, you know, a five minute drive from um, a parking lot that we liked that was by Mill. Like it's just, it's, it's a great location. And I think a lot of people will go to it. Um, it's by a lot of businesses down there. So people can go right after work. It's perfect for college students. It's great to combine um, activity wise with ASU hockey, whose new arena is also going down in Tempe, like really not that far away. It would be really great if it happened, but we don't, I wouldn't trust it quite yet. Yeah, that's, I think that's the prevailing thoughts from a lot of Coyotes fans. And we, we put it out on our Twitter page, of course, to kind of gauge people's reactions to it. And I feel like most people are kind of in the same, um, headspace as we are. Ryan said, I avoid any arena news unless shovels have hit the ground, which is just what we were saying. Um, Pat says, I have faith in the owner GM like no pair before them, so cautiously optimistic. Sarah says, once bitten, twice shy, or like fifth time bitten, which is 100% true. Um, friend of the pod, Clay, said, I want to be optimistic, but even we even had an artist rendering last time, and it still fell through. So until ground breaks, I'm not just putting much into it. And then Louis said, I think it's more possible than ever with this group. They have much deeper pockets compared to the prior ones and an actual vision. So I feel like most people are like, I'm glad to hear that there's some news on this front, but we, it's more of a wait and see type mode at the moment. So uh, you can go read the article in the Arizona Republic. I recommend subscribing. It's only a dollar for six months. Easy Central pays us nothing, but I feel like, as a local paper, who is a local paper is struggling. A lot of great journalists out there for the Republic, um, and you should subscribe to support them. So a dollar for six months gets you access to reading this article from the Arizona Republic. I recommend doing that. So before we go, Corey, uh, please explain your poll from earlier this week, and then I will tell you my controversial theory. So I I. I have already guessed how you're going to, to answer this. And it's going to be even funnier once you hear what this comes from. So uh, Scotty's parents are building a new cabin and they are putting um, all new shit in there, obviously. So they were trying to, they had bought some toilet paper holders and these toilet paper holders apparently are initially made to be vertical, odd, um, and where you can vertically put uh, the toilet paper roll on there, which I guess would, you know, you wouldn't have any over or under then because it would be just straight up and down. But I, I said, no, it needs to be horizontal. And then I said, good God, though, please make sure that when everyone puts the toilet paper on there, it is over the top, under drives me insane. And um, I can't remember if his mom said something along, it was something about along the lines of only psychopaths put the toilet paper under. So, um, I have a feeling 
you are not going to like why I started this poll. It was to discover who were the psychopaths out there. Okay, so here's how I answered the poll. I didn't even vote on the poll because if you go into my bathroom right now, which is just to my right, there is a toilet paper holder that is completely empty. What I do about 90% of the time is I don't put the, even put the toilet paper on the toilet paper holder. I just stack it on my sink and I use it that way and I'll unfurl oh, it that way. Weird. That's just a the lazy answer, thing. Yeah, the answer is none of the above for the most part. Now, if I do put it on the holder, I really don't care. I'll just put it on there and whatever way it goes, it goes. It doesn't bother me because you know how much time I spend unfurling the toilet paper? Like 10 seconds every time. I, I don't need to think about something and put much effort into deciding where the toilet paper goes and how the toilet paper dispenses if I'm only going to spend 10 seconds at a time unfurling the toilet paper. That was not at all. I thought you were going to say under, and I thought you were going to argue with me that it has to be under and that there is no other option. Yours is fine. It See, there's, there's different levels of this. There's like frat boy status, which is like no toilet paper, no soap, and a dirty ass bathroom. And then there's like a normal bathroom, but you don't put it on there. That is actually a, like a, a lot of men do it. Like they don't put the roll on there. They just don't feel the need to. Um, Sky doesn't do it all the time. I, I put it on there because I um, it, it bothers me for some reason. I don't know why. Um, I just feel like it, it's just randomly floating around, but it's really not that terrible. Um, I thought this was going to be so much worse and I feel so much better on the inside now. So, uh, that's going to wrap up the show for, for today. We'll be back on Monday, I think with maybe more trades to talk about. Maybe even as soon as we hang up from this podcast, there will be more trades to talk about. We'll find out. But, um, until then busy week for the Coyotes continues. Thanks for listening to us here on the hockey podcast network. You can follow us on Twitter at Corey underscore Richie Show. You can follow us on Instagram at Corey Richie Show. You can follow Corey at Corey Nicole with two E's on the Twitter. You can follow me at rflores91. You can check out the network, of course, Hockey Podcast Network. And, of course, DraftKings, the sponsor of this terrific program that makes everything tick for us. Basically, they pay us money, so that's cool. And we appreciate that very much. And that's promo code THPN when you sign up at DraftKings. So until the next time we talk, everybody, good night and good hockey.